Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Jack of All Trades podcast. I'm here today with Corey Iriarte, and we're going to talk about his career at Boise State, where he played football, as well as, you know, just talk about how what he did at Boise prepare him for, you know, life, right? Because sports, I feel like, is almost a metaphor for life. One funny thing, though, is I'm going to say this because it's really just happened, like, right before we started recording. I asked how you pronounce the name because I'm just looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I I don't do too well with names that start with consonants. Mm -hmm. So he was like, uh, why aren't they? I was like, how how you really pronounce it? So he said, Iriarte. So I'm very particular about names due to journalism background. So when he said that, I was like, dang, that's such a big shit. (laughs) Like, yeah. I don't. I don't know how we uh, how we shifted over from that from our um, like native tongue. That's how you say it in uh, like in Spanish. It's phonetic that way. Idiarte. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you uh, being so particular. I wasn't fortunate enough to get a name like Smith. So uh, <laughs> last name like Smith. So growing up and and uh, hearing my teachers say it or football coaches was always something different each time. So yeah, I can, I can only imagine that definitely had to be a whirlwind for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like I said today, we're gonna to talk about you know your career at Boise and just nice. how that kind of shaped where you're at right now. But before I get into anything about football, I always like to ask people just to kind of get a fifty foot view of how everything started for them. Is you know how was your childhood growing up? Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and before we get started, too, thanks, Lamar, for having me on your podcast, and um, it's been a pleasure getting to know. Uh, you and your background as well since we started talking over these past couple of weeks and um, been looking forward to this today so thanks for having me um, yeah childhood growing up was uh, you know I grew up here in Southern California in a small town called Palmdale I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, for all of you familiar with Afro Man uh, or if you're familiar with Afro Man Lamar he, um, he had a I think I've heard this song before and I've heard yeah. of Palmdale before yeah so that's um uh, that's like our um, uh, you know our one celebrity from there but I was a small town, really, for the most part. Um, desert city. Uh, dad was, um, no, I, my dad played sports growing up. My mom and dad have been married for uh, 45 years now. And um, Ooh, uh, he impressive. was, yeah, he was, uh, um, they owned their own businesses while we were growing up. And he pushed us pretty hard. I have an older brother. And he pushed us pretty hard in sports and in other areas of our life. And uh, um, that's really what my childhood was like. It wasn't um, a lot of sleepovers or spending time with friends and things like that. It really was more um uh it was more focused on what we wanted to accomplish and um uh more regimented that way but i have nothing um bad to say about my childhood i'm grateful now for uh you know being pushed as hard as i was and having that discipline implemented (laughs) on me um because if i if i uh if i didn't have that um no as much as i resented it at times growing up if i didn't have that I wouldn't have gotten the opportunities I had or gotten a full ride scholarship to Boise and um, gotten to play at the next level and get the education that I got and be in the position I'm in today. And um, uh, so I, I can say all the things that you know, my dad made me work out at midnight and uh, oh, I, didn't wow. get to spend, yeah, I didn't get to spend the night at kids' houses. And, um, and I went through a time period where I had to go to bed at 8 p.m. and wake up at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. to 
uh, study and I'm doing a protein shake and um, you know, get to football practice before school started. Uh, so we tried a few different things and those were challenging at the time. Um, and I resented them at the time, but now I look back at it and I know that parents only do the best they can with what they know. And he really just wanted the best for me and my brother. And um, I'm grateful for that now. So, but that's what my childhood, my childhood was like, it was a lot of sports. Um, I love baseball. Uh, baseball is one of my two favorite sports. Um, but yeah, a lot of sports and uh, a lot of, a lot of rules. <laughs> so. That's, that's intense. I like, like how you say as far as like, yeah, certain things that at the time you thought you would change, but now you're more grateful for it. I think one thing that I've learned about just life in general and something that has been very important to me in the, in the most successful years and most successful, you know, moments of my life is that that level of sacrifice, right? Because I feel like there's this like misconception on how your life should be, right? You know, you get to a certain age and you're told that you're supposed to, you know, date a lot or go to a bunch of parties or, you know, do all the things that society kind of pushes us towards. Mm -hmm. But then you look at the flip side of that and you look at all the people that win at life on the highest level and are successful in their endeavors. Not mm -hmm. saying you can't be successful if you don't do this way. And those are the same people that the Kobe Bryants that woke up at 6 a.m., got two workouts in, and yeah. then went to sleep before, you know, waking up the pick up his kids and all this other stuff so like yeah. they were very disciplined and regimen and they sacrificed a whole lot mm -hmm. but then you look at the reward of that was they get to do things that people could only dream about right yeah. so it's like yeah it may seem like a sacrifice now but just like you said you got to get a full ride to a d1 college like one yeah. of the best programs in the country and now, if you want to look at it as a, not even minuscule, but a, a smaller thing, people always worry about student loans. Like you had a full ride. You, that's not something that was on your mind while you in school, yeah. right? That's one less thing you worry about, but yeah. you don't get to that point without the level of sacrifice. So I thought that was definitely a, a good thing that you pointed out as far as like, if you want anything, you got to sacrifice and then the sacrifices will, will pay off. Yeah, and it, it was it was sacrifice and um, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, I couldn't really see that vision or that goal that my dad had for, um, that my dad and both of my parents had for, for their children and what they wanted to, you um, know, what the goals that they had for their kids and where they wanted them to go and be successful at. And uh, um, so I had that, I had to have that little push. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, I used to cold call, um, I say cold call, it's such a sales term. But I, really did. I, would, <laughs> I, I would send out my highlight video um, and then I would call colleges that I sent them to to get a hold of the coaches and um, the majority of them returned my phone call and I got to talk to them if they got my, uh, you know, if they got my DVD and um, how they liked my highlight film. So I set up a few visits after that and um, I only had three scholarship offers coming out of high school. Um, I was a center, so I was short. I was on the shorter side um, for some of the larger schools. Um, at that position. And so I only had about three scholarship offers, but uh, the ones I had, I was grateful for. And then um, when I went to Boise, we were, uh, the four years I was there, it was a really special time. We were, uh, uh, we're still tied with Ohio State for the most wins over a four year period of any college football team. Um, 
so it was a special time and um, wouldn't have changed anything for it, but there was a level of sacrifice that came with it that I didn't even understand at the time um, until I look back on it now and uh, I'm able to be grateful for it, for what they did. So, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So <laughs> I guess like a, a slight shift in that, well, before I ask my next question, I, I am curious because yeah. like I had, to, I looked it up on ESPN just because I always like to compare because mm-hmm. what ESPN, not all the time, but sometimes what they say were your offers is usually different than what the actual offers. Like sometimes they just put schools that were interested, right? Yeah. So I know on ESPN, they said, I, they said that obviously you went to Boise. I saw Northwestern, UCLA, uh, Washington, and San Diego State. So out of the other four schools that I named, which yeah. two were like the ones that actually offered you a scholarship? Or- yeah, so so all of the, um, uh, I call them automatic qualifying schools, like the Northwestern mm-hmm. and um, uh, the Pac-12 schools, USC, UCLA. Mm-hmm. UCLA was my dream school. Um, oh, wow. Growing up, yeah. I didn't get any scholarship offers from uh, like the Big Ten, the Pac-12. Um, so out of the ones you just named, San Diego State was the only one I received a scholarship offer from. Okay. But yeah, the other the other ones said yeah, I needed to grow a couple inches. <laughs> without, without actually without actually saying it, and um, uh, so I got I got offered like a preferred walk on um, to those schools, but oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, they they didn't offer me. That's cool. It's on ESPN that they did. I'll take the credit. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, San, San Diego State gave me a scholarship offer. Um, Colorado State and uh, actually in Utah yeah. State did too. So I, I left one off. Four. Yeah. Colorado yeah. State and Utah State have pretty good programs too. Utah State's had some really good teams the last couple of years. They have. Ironically, yeah. Yeah, they've been they've been having a good run. So it's nice seeing those teams be successful. San Diego State too has started doing better. Um, also, so. It's been, it's been cool seeing those teams develop. And um, I don't follow Boise as much now as you know, when I played, obviously, and right after I left. But it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's nice seeing that program develop. I mean, when I was going to school there and playing ball there, um, our locker room was the same locker room they had had since uh, the early 90s. And, you know, two, two honestly, two, two, um, uh, two bathrooms for, excuse me, only one bathroom for. Uh, you know, over 100 guys in the locker room. So before games was it was a a mad dash, and um, so now oh, I, go, wow. I went back to visit. Yeah, I went back That's to visit the crazy. after. Yeah, and we had a big Nike um, a Nike sponsorship now, and we did the locker room. They have you know Powerade on tap, and uh, you know in there too with multiple bathrooms. That's what I was most jealous about. But um, they have they have a really nice setup now, and it's nice seeing that program develop. And grateful to have been a part of. Um, you know, a team that hopefully contributed to that. So that's a, that's a lot to unpack, and I definitely <laughs> I know follow up with that because yes. to me it's just crazy to think that you know, like how you said, as far as programs developing over time, that mm-hmm. you had to go through being that one bathroom, you know, player yeah. to them have the facilities that you deserve, and the fact that you guys won consistently at a high level and produce the type of players that you had because I was just looking at not the whole roster, but I looked at some of the games that I remember and I'm like, hold up. I forgot that they even went there at that time. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, whoa, time goes by quick. But uh, before I get into that, I'm, I am curious, like out of the four schools that offer you, what stood out about Boise the most for you to say, okay, 
I want to be, you know, a Boise State Bronco, right? The Broncos? The Broncos, yeah. The okay. Broncos. Um, probably what stood out to me the most was just the team, uh, getting to see them play. And uh, the game I went to was against Utah State. And um, uh, I, they, they were a great school, too. Um, <laughs> they won pretty they won pretty handily um, in that game. And the, uh, uh, there was a senior that didn't play too much uh, on the team at the time for Boise. And they were able to get him the ball and uh, get him a touchdown for that game. And oh, wow. uh, the, team, the team, like, rushed the field and, like, went and picked him up in the end zone and um, something like that. It was just, like, a really cool moment to see them uh, take care of their guys and, uh, you know, how close-knit they were as a team. Um, it was a lot of fun watching them play and getting to sit down with Coach Peterson uh, after that. Uh, Chris Peterson was my coach uh, there at Boise for the five years I was there. And um, really getting to meet the whole coaching staff was uh, – was really what sold me um, getting to see them and who they were and the things that they believed in. And, uh, you know, they're more like a family to me than, uh, than anything else. It wasn't like a, uh, an egotistical team or anything like that. Not that I had been really around that, but it just, it really made me feel at home when I was there uh, on my official visit. So oh, wow. he sold me on the spot. He, uh, yeah, the vision. <laughs> Yeah, we were sitting in his office, and um, he asked me if I meant to play there, and I said, yes. <laughs> so, easy sell probably. Wow. The vision had to be pretty powerful. If you're taking the guy from California, and he's like, yeah, I'm playing Idaho. Like, that <laughs> has to be a pretty powerful, you know, vision in my in my personal opinion, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, – I looked at him as more of a um, – uh, he was more like a teacher than, than a coach that like, taught us so much. Uh, the things I remember the most about him, and this is probably true of any great coach uh, throughout history, whether that's college or professional, is that they teach you so much about life as opposed to just about sports. I mean, really what, um, what he was able to tie to our success as a team was really what he tied, uh, was really how he was able to connect with us as individuals, he has to work together as a team like that. And so that's what I, the most he painted a great vision for that but he was able to connect with me and my family really well and and paint a picture for um you know this us california boys uh to come to school all the way up there in idaho but um it was yeah it was great oh man that's crazy so to go back to like the, what we previously were talking about a little bit so during that time frame like you said you guys had were limited far as from a facility standpoint. So what were some of the things that you guys either had to work around or you guys had to get creative with far as, okay, you have the talent for sure, right? You're winning a bunch of games, but you're obviously at a disadvantage from a facility standpoint in comparison to these other schools that are getting just a flush of money from like yeah. Nike or Under Armour or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think our main advantage, that's a great question. I think our main advantage is that we looked at our disadvantages as advantages. Hmm. Um, we had a uh, we had a different mantra each season as, as most sports teams do, but hmm. um, our, our main mantra when we were going to school there was a blue collar mentality. Um, hmm. So we just wanted to outwork everybody that we went up against. And um, we wanted to outwork one another, but work together to accomplish our goals. And uh, we looked at all the things that we didn't have as advantages, because hmm. we didn't need the five-star uh, hotel um, treatments. We didn't need the, um, uh, you know, the multi-level weight rooms or, or the private training tables or 
um, you know, the multiple bathrooms before the game or, you know, just the comforts of those things can, yeah. can make a difference. And, uh, um, but we looked at them as advantages because, um, you know, if we can go up against the guys that have that um, and beat them, then, you know, we're just, you know, we're just going to work harder than them with what we have and um, uh, have that make us tougher because we're able to make do and get stronger and be the best that we can be without having all the bells and whistles attached to it. So I think those things actually made us better as opposed to having uh, all of the amenities. Uh, I think those things pushed us to actually work a little bit harder and want to be uh, who we were going up against. We had something to prove. So, yeah. All right. That's a lot better. So, so there's one moment that as a kid, like I'm, I'm looking at a lot of these games I'm not super into college football at the at the time, but I'm starting to get more into sports in general, college yeah. sports in general. And the teams that I remember the most as far as like that late 2000s, uh, early 2010s, is always, you know, the great Alabama teams as far as from obviously the SEC. And then me, because it was the BCS era, era I always think about the TCU teams and then the Boise State teams. So I remember there being towards the end of the year, uh, I forget which year, I believe it's 2011, but I'm not 100% sure. And Boise, Boise State is, I think, first, second or, or first, like last game of the season, like one of the last couple games of the season. And a team ahead of them just lost. So if they win, they essentially pretty much clinch a spot in the, the national title game, which is what the whole yeah. big deal been over years because everyone's like TCU and Boise State obviously are two of the best teams, but they're getting, you know, done unjust just because they're not a power five conference and power five conferences. So I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a game versus Nevada. Colin Kaepernick was obviously the opposition quarterback. And Boise had multiple chances to win, but yeah. the kicker missed, I want to say, like three or four kicks in that, that time frame between the end of the fourth and OT. Yeah. What kind of went through you guys' head through that game and or how did you kind of console your kicker? Because he got a lot of yeah. unnecessary flack on social media. And I remember yeah. saying that, and I was like, it's just like one game, like lay off the kid. Yeah, he, he did. I mean, uh, uh, our kicker then was Kyle Brotsman, and he was the uh, all-time leader for our conference in points scored as a kicker. He was, he was um, you know, on, he was very clutch. Like, he, had, he didn't miss many kicks. He had made X amount of uh, field goals and extra points in a row, I believe. And um, so it was very out of character for him to have that happen. And so he did receive a lot of unnecessary flack for it. It was such a big game. Um, with so much on the line, we were at least going to go to the Rose Bowl or the national championship. Um, but at least the Rose Bowl, and for a lot of us being from California, um, you know, that was kind of our dream game to go play in. And uh, um, but he, yeah, he, he did, he missed a couple of kicks, and um, you know, those were uh, it's always deflating when you mm -hmm. come back from something as a team and then um lose and then you get another chance at it and then you lose so um, that was more of a deflating kind of loss um i wasn't i was injured during that game i tore my acl a couple of times 
so I missed a couple of seasons. So I was watching the game with, uh, with family and, um, uh, but you're still as emotional, you're still as emotionally tied to the game as, as you would be if you were playing. Um, so, uh, it was, um, <laughs> those losses are, are tough. That was, that was, mm -hmm. that was a tough loss. And, um, you know, really the, uh, uh, the vibe of the team uh, after that game was more of um, no disappointment that we were all disappointed, but I, I did feel, um, I felt bad for a kicker. Obviously he, he did receive some, uh, some flack for that. And um, you know, something that uh, unfortunately he's going to be remembered the most by, but he, he did have a great career outside of that. And after that game, we went to the Vegas bowl, which was, that's a big, that is a big drop. Like you go from BCS game to, um, any other bowl game outside of that is it does That's outside of like one of the New Year's Six bowls is like okay yeah. either the BCS bowl or the New Year's Six is kind of like where you want to be if you're a team that's consistently been in the top five like you guys were so I get it yeah yeah and um but we were I, I mean it was, it was a great bowl game too we played against Utah they were ranked um and uh and so we, we were able to uh, we won. We won that game, that bowl game, but um, that's that's a tough loss against Nevada. That we lost a total of three games over um, over our four year career by uh, we lost three games by a total of five points over our career. And so that was that was one <laughs> we lost by. Uh, I think we lost by uh, two. I think it was two, like 33, 31, something like that. Something like that. They might have just yeah. won by two. Well, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Those were those were tough. Yeah, that was a tough loss. And Nevada, Nevada likes to like to talk a lot. They were a lot of the time, and so you know they ran over to our sideline and were saying stuff to our uh, you know to our players and things like that, and um, just just football. But uh, yeah. they, they were they were they were a big rival of ours. We, we didn't like each other too much at the time. So, be. Yeah, because <laughs> I was I looked at that and I was like, hold up, they Colin Kaepernick played in that game. I was like, that makes <laughs> sense why they won. Yeah, he was he was a beast. Yeah. Godly, yeah, the, godly. The long legs. He ran. He ran the option well. So, yeah. Price Yeah. So, after all of that happened, you know how? I guess how did you guys pivot going into the next season? Because a lot of teams, it's easy for them to get down on themselves, or you know, say, okay, like I've seen a bunch of teams. You can think yeah. about it through the course of sports history players the teams the one moment happens the next thing you know the whole program kind of like dissipates mm -hmm. but you guys again top five team in the nation right after that so it goes back to like that blue collar mentality you guys being that mentally tough mm -hmm. yeah i um that's a, that's a great question i mean after after that game was over we really did shift gears pretty well to start uh, to play the game against utah and uh um you know kellen moore our quarterback he's a, a offensive coordinator now for the dallas cowboys yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's had a great coaching career um, after he's gotten done playing too in the NFL, and um, but he was a Heisman candidate uh, that year and uh, going into the next year, and so um, you know we really felt after uh, this was my perspective on it after that game um, against Nevada, uh, you know we really wanted to go out there and still felt like we had something to prove going in going into next season. Our first game was against Georgia, uh, University of Georgia in the Georgia Dome. Which was listed, which was listed as a neutral site to play in. Um, 
They listed as a neutral yeah. site. Yeah, the neutral. Yeah, neutral site. We're not, we're not Even, playing. On, yeah, I know. So great. Yeah. That's a home game. It's a, it's a home game for them. Yeah, it's the um the the games that we would get uh, against the big conferences mm-hmm. were um, usually a one like a one uh, one game contract in either mm-hmm. home stadium or at a neutral site, which was also their home stadium. <laughs> <laughs> But we, we, we went into that game. We beat Georgia, uh, I believe, 28 to 14. Um, something like that. Pretty handily, though. Uh, um, so, but yeah, we went into that game. Really excited to play against them. And I felt like we had another opportunity the next season, um, even after that loss to Nevada. But, hey, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so oh, so you about to say my bad. Yeah, Co- Coach Peterson had a background in psychology. Uh, oh, so wow. He, he was great because that's a good, I haven't really thought about that, Lamar. Like, we, we shifted really well. Like, we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't think too much about the Nevada game going into the next season. Um, we really let it go, and I don't, uh, I don't really know what to attest to that other than him getting us focused on where we – probably painting a good picture of what we could accomplish still and um, uh, creating a vision for, for us as a team to let that go and move past that. So, kudos oh, to him. That's a skill for real now that I think about it. Cause like like you said, it's it's easy to dwell on the past, but all you can focus on is the present and the future, right? And where you're going. Because once the past happens, like it's done. Like it's nothing you can do about it. That's the one thing about about time. So yeah, yeah definitely, definitely impressive that he was able to have you all like switch gears like that. Yeah, so switch gears. And uh, one thing that he was also great at, like when you have to go undefeated as a football team, um, or as in, you know, in any sport, but we had to go undefeated. In yeah, just because of the conference you guys played in. <laughs> yeah, we, we had to, and we had to win those big games at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, and uh, we didn't really feel any pressure to go undefeated or anything like that, though. And uh, um, that's, a, that's a testament to him as a coach also, because there were a couple teams at the time uh, I remember BYU was having a good run, and uh, I believe that coach called Coach Peterson um, just to get some advice that his team was feeling a little bit of pressure. Um, and uh, and so we never really felt that. We always felt that um, uh, you know we were really where we were supposed to be, not that we were fighting to get to somewhere. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, I, mean, I, I get it. Yeah, like it makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah. a guy that follows sports like religiously, like. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like you get in that like rabbit hole, and then you're like, okay, this is all I have. Like, yeah, to focus on. This is this is slightly off the cuff of the rest of the stuff that I want to talk about during this episode. But I'm just curious because I grew up watching Blue Mountain State, and obviously, Blue <laughs> Mountain State is pretty much like to me when I, when I first looked at it. This is before I knew a whole bunch about Boise outside a couple games. I'm like, that's Boise State. Like, yeah. it, that the, <laughs> the mascot, the colors, the feel, like, it pretty much is a Boise State without saying that it's Boise State. Yeah. So, for me, I mean, I don't know how much you can say, but did that show, like, have any sim- similarities to how your school was set up? Or was it just a similarity yeah. to color scheme and stuff like that? I mean, they did come out and and, uh, and shadow the team for a couple of months in order to get. Oh wow! I'm I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say what? Yeah, yeah. I've heard so many crazy like, stuff. We let, we let Tad join the team for a little bit. So he <laughs> what it was really like? Life experience. Yeah, no, we I, we had no. Um, uh, I I think you're right. I believe that it is based off of Boise State, and uh, mm-hmm. but we I I can't say that it was anything like our school. Really, we were. 
Uh, we didn't have any fraternities or any Greek life or stories. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, you know, we didn't uh, drive our trucks onto the football field or <laughs> whatever else they, whatever other crazy stuff they did on the show. Uh, I actually just watched a couple episodes of that on Netflix the other day. Just uh, um, uh, just I hadn't seen it in a long time, but um, so after seeing, it, I can't say it was really based on our players or anything like that. But no, I doubt it was based yeah. on players. I just wanted to know like if it had yeah. any similarities to like that area or anything like that because. Yeah. I've never been to Boise. Yeah, the city and, and surrounding area does look does look similar, kind of like that, um, mm -hmm. at least from what I've seen. But uh, yeah, that is that is a <laughs> Boise is a great Boise is a great city. I, I love Boise. Yeah, I really did, really did. I have a lot of friends That's up there. So yeah. So obviously, you talked a lot about Coach Peterson, and you had guys like Kellen Moore go there. You had Doug Martin that went there. Yep. Outside of Peterson, what is like one thing that you learned from some of the guys that you played with, or maybe even anyone else in the coaching staff that's kind of stuck with you, like even since you left college? Yeah, I think the the um, you know the main takeaway I have from that whole experience is that uh, um, you know I had some great coaches around me and, and guys that pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, to really be the best that I could be. And uh, I, I don't feel like I really tapped into my full potential while I was there. Um, but the majority of players on our team, uh, like the Doug Martins, like Kellen Moore's, like the um, you know, the players that we have playing in the NFL right now, um, we weren't the five-star, um, uh, every offer in the country athlete. We were the uh, guys like me who had a few offers from smaller schools and, um, you know, we, we, we felt like we had something to prove. We, we, uh, we called ourselves a pack full of rejects a lot of the time. This is more like a, this I, is more like a joke, yeah. And so, no, it makes sense, though, because you look at the other teams in that, that conference, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it, you guys technically should be in that conference, but, mm -hmm. like, just region-wise, but, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and so, I mean, just we weren't the prototypical, um, you know, we didn't pass, all of us didn't pass the eyeball test for coaches and uh, you know we didn't look like they're you know six foot seven uh right tackles or left tackles or uh, what have you kellen wasn't your six foot five quarterback that you know threw the ball you know 100 yards on the fly but he was incredibly intelligent and um you know so we all played to our strengths the best that we could and that's what i really learned from that experience is if you play to um you know if you're true to yourself and it sounds cliche but like if you're true to yourself and really um, uh, you know, you really work hard and, and bond together as uh, people, the bond that you form with, uh, with others and the motivation you have for yourself to, to get better can uh, make you surpass maybe people that are more talented than you on paper. Um, but there's no limit to what you can accomplish as an individual if you just keep your head down and focus on where you want to go. Because that's, that's really what, what my main takeaway was, is that you don't have to be the most talented player in the country to be the best player in the country. So that's what I feel a lot of our guys. I like that. Just me yeah. thinking about other sports, the guys that were the best players in the league, whether it be football or basketball, they weren't necessarily always the most talented guys that, that year. Like, for example, Kobe. Kobe was the best player in the, in the league, like, multiple years. And even though he was talented, there were guys like LeBron who – Obviously, he's naturally more gifted, you know, six nine guy that runs like a deer and yeah. built like a cinder block. Yeah. But Kobe, 
just outworks everybody. So it's like, regardless of where his talent level was, he always going to be able to keep up just because of his work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like a guy like Michael Jordan too. I mean, he's, yeah. um, uh, he was so hyper competitive with everyone and everything around him that uh, that was kind of his edge and his focus made him work so hard and push the team to do so well with the bulls. And, um, um, yeah, it's, I always think that talent can be developed. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's another one. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady's actually a great example because he's yeah. he, uh, yeah. outside of height. He doesn't have any other like measurements or like traits that you would think of a prototypical prospect. Yeah, his, his draft picture with the shirt off is, <laughs> is a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he made the most of an opportunity he got. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. He's He's the, uh, you know, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but um, probably not the most talented. Um, however, you'd want him to find that, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I look at the majority of um, uh, like top 10 draft picks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many are, um, no, probably varies based on whenever you get drafted. So it's, um, yeah, it's hit or miss, I guess. But that, that's been my main takeaway is uh, it's easy to get complacent in your life in general. Um, but it's uh, uh, it's much more fun to push yourself to be to get to get a little bit better each day. So okay, okay. yeah. So, so Tom Tom Brady's a great example. I, I'm a big Tom Brady fan myself, so I'm, I'm happy he came out of retirement. <laughs> well, we'll see if he's gonna get number eight. He's a madman. So the fact yeah. that he led the league in passing yards in yeah. like year 43 is yeah, age 43 is crazy. That is that is unbelievable. So good for him. Yeah, so, right. yeah. I can't I can't say. I, I know he tore his ACL um, a few years back. It's probably ten years ago or so. But uh, I, I know you're talking about that year that Matt Castle stepped in. Yeah, yeah, Matt Castle stepped in. Yep, I've had a couple ACL surgeries myself, and um, uh, he came back and didn't miss a beat. And so, yeah, he's, he's a special player for sure. All right, I got two more questions before I, I land the plane. One is uh, just out of just a curious question. After we already talked a lot about Boise, yeah. So, not saying that it has to be the most talented or the best, mm-hmm. but out of your five years there, what was your favorite team that you were on out of those teams? Yeah, my my favorite team that I was a part of was uh, our 2011 team which was the year that we played Georgia in the Georgia Dome um, mm-hmm. at the neutral site for me personally that was uh the year that I came back to, to play after missing the season after missing two years for uh for injuries <laughs> so I got the uh, I had an additional year and I got to come back and play and I was able to end up uh I ended up starting um ended up starting that year and uh, uh it was that was a special year for me personally uh, just because um I was able to come back and really felt like I finished my career there at Boise the best way that I could. Um, so that was, that was my personal favorite team. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we lost to TCU on the blue. Um, the blue is what we call our field there. Um, oh. On the blue close to the end of the year. And um, that was another uh, game where we would have either gone to a BCS game or uh, or a national championship, hopefully. But Wasn't that – hold on. I'm trying to think. TCU – so, oh, both of you guys were in the Mountain West at the time, correct? Yeah, that was the year we transferred to the Mountain West. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Because I'm like, at first I know you guys were in opposite conferences, but yeah, both of y'all in the Mountain West had to be a dog fight because both of y'all 
are in the exact same position as far as just you basically have to win out in order to make it. And then now you guys, whenever you guys play, it's basically going to determine who still has that shot. Yeah, well, and, and at, the, at the time, TCU wasn't ranked um, that season. They, they were kind of in a rebuilding year. Um, they always had a great quarterback, uh, regardless. Andy Dalton was their quarterback. Um, uh, I remember Andy Dalton. Yeah. Andy Dalton, they had uh, Jeremy Curley. They had um, – no, they, were, they were an excellent football team. Um, but, yeah, they were on more of a rebuilding year, and we were – I think we were ranked – we were ranked in the top five going into that game. And uh, they – they always wanted to beat us anyway. So Gary Patterson, their coach, had a great way of getting them fired up to play us and, and vice versa. So. Great offense mind, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was my favorite year, but unfortunately we suffered a lot. <laughs> Not another another Vegas bowl that year, but um that was that was a great game too. So we got played at you. We played against Arizona State. Uh, yeah. Arizona State. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I know. It, was, it wasn't. I mean, honestly, it wasn't a very close game. We won. Uh, I don't even remember the score. Like forty-nine to fourteen, something like that. I'm not surprised. To be honest yeah. with you, I'm not even. I'm not even about to say. Well, I'm surprised. Yeah, Arizona guy. You must be a big. Uh, uh, are you an Arizona State fan yourself? Or I mean, I went there, so like, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm very impartial to Arizona State teams. The way my heart works is like, if it ain't Kentucky blue, I'm kind of like, eh, like pretty much Kentucky as it. I like Arizona State, everything else, but athletics, I could care less if they win or lose, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Last question before we get into this game. So, obviously, you learned a lot from Boise State, but is there, I guess this is kind of similar to the question I already asked you, but is there anything that, you know, has helped you from a skills uh, element or anything like that? Because you're in medical sales right now, right? Yeah, I'm in medical sales and uh, I'm starting up my own company again, um, which is something that I did in the past uh, to really more, um, really more of a way to uh, outside of like being in medical sales and, um know making x amount of money per year uh is you know that that motivation for me has to be uh the motive the money motivation comes and goes in my opinion that's what i've that's what i've learned so um starting out my own business again too as a way to um really hopefully uh it's more of a consulting business um but doing that also um from a skills standpoint um from sorry, what was your question, Lamar? <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I kind of like word vomited. So essentially, yeah, just like, was it any, was it anything from Boise, whether it be, you know, from an experience standpoint or from playing football standpoint, that's helped you in this career that you're in now with, you know, medical sales? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the um, uh, really just the discipline aspect of it. I, uh, I feel like I'm, um, no, I'm, I'm more disciplined now than I was when I was in college. Um, but I wouldn't have that, uh, uh, that level of discipline or like the desire to work out. Um, uh, just, just the desire to really, uh, you know, want to get better and be competitive like that. Uh, now in my career, I would say <laughs> if it wasn't from, if it wasn't from 
Boise or playing playing football or anything like that. Um, this from the from a skill standpoint, I'd say the majority of skills I learned uh, in the professional world after playing came from a lot of trial and error and um, <laughs> learning. Makes sense. Do, yeah, learning how to do things without knowing how to do it, and uh, um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was curious because I, I feel like sports almost is like a metaphor for life in the sense that so many different things that kind of tie into one another. And you're like, hold up. I don't know how this fits, but I do remember doing something, some, something like this similar on the field or on the court. And yeah. it kind of just, you know, makes things easier. Yeah. I mean, I really, really from a sports standpoint, I mean, never giving up is so true in sports and life and anything. Uh, there's going to be times where uh, we don't feel like we're successful or, um, you know, you have something happen that, uh, uh, you know, might be embarrassing to you or might feel like a failure at the time uh, and really just picking yourself back up and, and going uh, full speed again um, is, is a skill and a muscle you can develop. And uh, one thing that Coach Peterson used to say is uh, we were sponsored by milk. That was our, uh, I, I know, we were sponsored by milk for, for our, Hold like, up. For our like, milk, like milk mustache, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Like, like, Alta, like Altadena or something like that was our, was our protein sponsor. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's uh, so like 2% milk. And um, so Coach Peterson's um, thing was, you know, get 2% better today. And um, I've kind of taken that into uh, my professional and personal life where, I've, I've kind of taken it from 2% to 1%, but I want to at least get, get 1% better today or a little bit better each day. So, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Good question though. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, milk was our, was our drink of choice after our workouts. So <laughs> I don't know if Alabama had that, but I, I prefer almond milk to be honest. So I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just have try to cut dairy out of my diet outside of cheese because yeah non-dairy cheese just don't hit the same but <laughs> milk i don't know just oat milk or almond milk that type of stuff just, i don't know just tastes better to me right now yeah nice i don't drink i don't drink milk too much myself anymore either um, don't blame me yeah <laughs> so nice all right so let's get into the game so today's game is rapid fire questions okay so just like the name says, I'm going to just throw a bunch of questions at you. Your goal is literally just to say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. So the first question is, if you could have one book, one TV show, and one meal on a secluded island, what would it be? One book would probably be um, Think and Grow Rich. It sounds cliche, but uh, something to motivate me. <laughs> if I'm stuck on an island by myself, Think and Grow Rich, uh, one TV show, Survivor. Just because I'd want to see if I can get any tips or tricks <laughs> for watching the show. How am I going to survive this? And it is a pretty, it is pretty entertaining. My uh, yeah, uh, I've heard. Yeah, you know, my best friend and uh, and his wife got me hooked on it um, a couple months back uh, when they were watching it. Came to visit. And last meal or one meal on the island, mm, probably my mom's enchilada casserole. She makes a mm. uh, makes a great enchilada casserole. And so if I could have that flown in um, just for me to eat on the island. That'd be my cool, choice. Cool, cool. Yeah. Dang, that's, that's a pretty nice one. Nice one. All right. Thank you, thank you. When you think of football, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like, what's the first word I should say? My bad. Hard. Hard is the first word. <laughs> Hard. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. 
college college football and, and playing in Boise was um, hard. Yeah, but the but the most the most enjoyable. Um, no, maybe the probably the greatest experience I'll probably have. Who knows? But it was hard. <laughs> hard, 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 but, hard, but worth it. Hard, but worth it. A thousand percent. All right, next one. What's your favorite movie? Uh, Die Hard was the first thing that came to mind. I don't know if that would be my favorite movie, but I do love Die Hard. Okay, just stick with Die Hard for right now. All right, if you could get on a fifteen-minute phone call with any entrepreneur or business owner you don't already know personally, who would you call? Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V. Okay, I like that. That'd definitely be a nice phone call for sure. Yeah, Gary V. I feel like he's uh, he's a real straight shooter and. Um, yeah, Gary B. Okay. What's one thing that you can never leave the house without and you cannot say phone? Okay. Um, I'd say wallet, but that feels too easy. Uh, <laughs> headphones. Headphones. I can never leave the house without my headphones. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bonus. I feel like you already said the answer on, on the episode, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If you could have played any collegiate sport outside of football, like not saying that you know you had offers for other sports, but like magic wand, you choose to be good at another sport and play college college sports for yeah. that sport. What sport would it have been? I would choose baseball. Okay. I would choose baseball. Yeah. What what position though? Good question. Uh probably outfield. Probably hmm. outfield. If I miraculously like turn into a wonderful outfielder, um, that'd be great. So <laughs> But yeah, I probably probably choose outfield, but I, I really enjoyed playing baseball growing up. Makes sense. I almost thought that you were gonna say pitcher. I don't know why, but I almost thought you were gonna say pitcher. Pitcher is a pitcher would be a fun position, yeah. So. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. All right. Oh, you said what you about to say? Yeah, or if I could be a uh, or if I could choose a different position in football, wide receiver. For sure. Yeah, yeah that's like the glamour get, position. Get some, get some, get some touchdowns, yeah. So nice. Yeah. Well, obviously, it would definitely be fun for sure. It would, yeah. All right. So that's all we have for this week's episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Make sure you check out the next episode on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, follow me on Instagram at Jack Onovan. And I'll also put Corey's info in the bio so you can follow him on Instagram as well. LA out. <laughs>